0: Good afternoon, planet Earth. Good afternoon to the trembly folk that live just off the way, not far from that abandoned sewer system. The one you dumped those hookers in. You didn't think anybody was watching. I had one of those Game Hunters cameras. It was set up to watch game... It's April, April the 5th, 2023, yep, it's April the 5th, it's almost 1 p.m. here in Scompton, Utah. Yes, it is. It's April the 5th, 2023, Boblimp Dock, here in Scompton. It's kind of a sunny day. Kind of sunny, you know, it's about what I can say. Not really a blue sky from my youth, but I ain't no sleuth. I ain't Sherlock Holmes. My name is Jungus Jones, and I'm the guy that lives in the alley. I watch you at night. That's right, baby. Anywho, it is April the 5th. Can you believe it? 2023. And sometime in the year 2024, Bo Blimpdok, humans on an Artemis mission will orbit the moon. They will drift. So silently through the cosmos, they'll be traveling in a magical spaceship filled with love. I don't know you, my friend out there listening to me. You could be a a, a first time listener or a long time listener. You might go back to the little Saigon report. You might go back further to 2016, Bo Blimp Doc, when I posted my little podcast vlogcast bullshit on YouTube. Fuck you. I don't know where you go back to SoundCloud where I paid them money and they would delete my listeners, the ones that donated. Where do you go back to, shithead, or are you brand-new? Yeah. If you're a brand-new listener, then yeah, you're you're not used to this. You're not used to this type of assault upon your senses from some dirty old burnt-out code monkey, and I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not really sorry, but... I'm gonna construct a tiny violin using a scanning electron microscope i'll hire a tardigrade to play that violin you'll hear tinny little notes coming up from the fluxum of the cosmos it will be a sad sad song about how much i don't fucking care That little tardigrade, that tiny little water bear. First topic, my good friends out there in the lands of existence. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles, I'm going to drink a little coffee there as I meditate on it, but here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. You never know what you can see. You never know what you can see. You don't know the limits of your vision until the day comes that you are blind. You never know what you can see. You never know what your eyes will reveal until that day comes, motherfucker, when you are blind. again from our good friend Dr. Fucking Freckles. You never know what you can see until the day comes that you are blind. You never know about the shadows. You cannot see... The light that is hidden from you, fucker. Because you need to be blind. You need to no longer see. Now what is Dr. Freckles getting at there? Well, I remember meeting up with some people who claimed to be Liberty folks. I think it was the summer of 2019. We had a few months left before Bo Blimpdock was gonna start. Your good friend Dan had the heebie-jeebies that summer. In fact, on one particular day in August of 2019, he woke up, he woke up, he took the bus to work, he said to himself like some metaphysical groundhog from an LSD psychedelic dimension, fuck this, fuck this, the sky demon told me this is the world ender, fuck this, fuck Microsoft, fuck that shitty application I've been working on, and fuck you, yeah, fuck you too. I remember meeting up with those folks, and the funny thing is, they couldn't even sit at a bar, and these were mostly millennials, okay, they couldn't even sit at a fucking bar for five goddamn minutes without having their smartphone in their hand. They couldn't have a fucking conversation without that little glowing rectangle, that tiny monolith to stare at like they were the monkeys from 2001 a Space Odyssey and that rectangular monolith was there for them to touch and stare at and be connected to. They couldn't put it down for even one fucking second. You never know what you can see until the day cl- until the day comes that you are blind. you never know what you can see until the day comes that brothers and sisters, the day comes that that window you thought was clear is broken. You never really know what you can see until you take off those glasses that have that tinted coloring. You never know what you can see until the day comes that you are blind. perhaps it's a weird quote, brothers and sisters, perhaps it's kind of strange to put it in those terms, but I don't know. A lot of people out there, especially the freaks who believe in the singularity and a lot of the Cato Institute Club for Growth bullshit and whatever crap you know, Bill Gates is either snorting or handing out, a lot of people believe in the sort of techno-utopian quasi-future. Many of us do not. But if you're plugged into it, there's a lot you're missing out on. And there's a lot of assumptions you're probably making, like, I don't know, that you can take all the homeless people in King County and put them on an island in the Puget Sound. I don't care if you like homeless people or not, but let's at least have a rational fucking conversation. Let's take off our fucking blinders and admit something. There are enough homeless people in King County that if you stuck them on McNeil Island or Shitso Island or Scumbag Island, they would mostly starve to death in six months. There's nothing to eat out there in the Puget Sound. If there was, the orca whales would be doing better shithead, but they're not. Okay, and they are not the canary, fucker. I'm sorry, an orca in any ecosystem is not the fucking canary. It is the fat lady it comes out to sing its song of death and destruction when everything underneath it in the ecosystem has fucking crashed. But keep looking at your fucking smartphone, baby, because I'm sure a new cartoon is coming on soon, shithead. I remember sitting with those kids and I, I commented on their ironically named devices and they got furious. They got actually really super angry. And then one of them walked out to the street so he could talk to somebody on the device on the street or, or read it on the street. I'm not sure which. Um And here's the thing. Along with the conversations we've had, my friends, in recent weeks about whether or not people are really going to be open-minded at this point? The answer is probably not. They weren't in 2018 or 2019. I don't know why post-Bo Blimp Doc you think they would be now, or any of us think they would be. I mean you can talk about people taking off the blinders, you can tell people put down your fucking ironically named device for one second and look at the fucking sky, but people will just think you're crazy. And the movie playing inside their head is way preferable to something called reality. Like I said, like having a rational conversation about homeless people. You don't like them? What do you want to do with them? Do you want to build a special city for them someplace? Do you want to ship them to China with all the recycling material? Oh, I already told you that, secret destiny. That shit gets dumped at sea, fucker. So why don't we put them in the same recycling quote-unquote containers and, you know... Send them on a trip, am I right? At least that is a conversation that comes closer to reality than all the bullshit that comes out of the liberal or conservative perspective. Put them on a fucking island. I don't care. But at least recognize that there are some problems we're beginning to face that have no good solution. And yeah, 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 you could say, well, that's the trolley problem. No, that's called reality. The trolley problem is a Skinner box. Reality is a punch in the fucking face, just like Mike Tyson said. Uh, it's, a, it's a left cross, a right cross, and you're coconced and you're on the ground. That's reality. Next topic. Next fucking topic. So I don't really want to get into the news these days, but one of the things I will do is sort of scan the headlines of Zero Hedge because it's about the only aggregator feed I can read without vomiting. But they're all pretty much crap, including Zero Hedge. No offense. But I just want to scan the headlines for you. Well-known tech exec murdered in San Francisco stabbing fuck. Oh my God, what has Chicago done? Shit. The OPEC oil put was just the start. Why the credit crunch, oh fuck, will throttle shit, U.S. crude fuck. Everything's slowing down. Everything's slowing down. Recession signals, fuck. Flash at California warehouse, shit, fuck. Bill Holter warns gold is going to break the Fed, shit. Fire breaks out at Russian Air Defense Ministry building in Moscow, holy crap. China launches military fuck near Taiwan, shit. China weighs rare earth magnet export ban and fuck. No reason for Malaysia, shit. Twitter labels NPR, fuck. Stoltenberg pledges Ukraine will become shit. Turley is yielding to temptation, fuck, shit, fuck wisconsin supreme court flips blue for the first time in 15 years holy crap a second trucking bloodbath crap fuck shit bitch fuck cunt oh my god WTI rebounds after across-the-board inventory shit, bills, notes, bonds, fuck, ISM services shit, forget BW3, Bretton Woods 2 was a fuck, NVIDIA slips as Japanese chip-making export control slated, slated, slated to take effect, these are the headline articles from Zero Hedge as of 1304. Uh, that's one o four p.m. Wednesday, April the 5th, 2023, Bo Blimp Dock, Mountain Standard Time here in Scompton, Utah. Fuck. Yes, those are your motherfucking headlines, and if you want to process them in whatever shitty way you want to, I really don't fucking care. That is where I'm at with all this crap. It, You process this shit however you want to. I don't think most people can be convinced to turn away from the lie machine at this point. I think people need it. I think it's a drug. I think people are being told things that allows their third eye, their discernment, to sort of cool off. And they probably still have that spooky, dog barking anxiety that pops up. But you know, they're telling you about the Marburg virus and the holy shit, and the fucking OPEC, and holy crap with the drag queen storytime ultimate sex trio bullshit. All of it's designed to scare the fuck out of you, shithead. And guess what? You'd prefer that make-believe horror cartoon manga to what is actually fucking going on. And they know that too, shithead. That's why it works. That's why climate change and global warming works with the left. That's why immigration and drag queen story time and all kinds of other bullshit works with the right because they know these are lesser catastrophes. They know your mind is going haywire. They know that your subconscious wants to cling on to something. So they're giving you a cling on, but not actually anything worthwhile. And is that an alien? Or a bit of toilet paper stuck in the crack of your butt. You let me know, shithead. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with, with that topic. The other topic overall is that if you're in a point in time right now where you're saying to yourself, Dan, how can we change people, shake them up? It's like what I've been saying about Dane Wigington. He might be an honest and truly good man, but if you believe what he tells you, then his strategies are flawed. I'm not going to beat up on him. They're simply flawed. We're not at the point in the game where you're going to win hearts and minds by handing out flyers and having people buy hoodies. So if he's a legit good guy talking about a serious issue that is ongoing geoengineering, the government, which has been a secret operation probably for 70 years, if he is telling the truth, if this is real, then I hate to break it to you, Dane, and I hate to break it to all the other fuckers out there, suing people and doing handouts at fairs and wearing hoodies. That's too way too fucking little, way too fucking late. If you actually thought, as a human being, that there are planes flying overhead. And that they were dumping shit out of those planes that would increase autism, autoimmune diseases, cancer, Alzheimer's, you name it. Including at toxic levels that would mimic something that would look like, I don't know, the monkey herpes COVID shithead. If you truly believe they've been doing this, how could you even rationally propose a lawsuit? How could you? It's kind of like saying, we're gonna sue the secret cabal that killed JFK. Yeah, you can do that, but the problem is, where do you find their fucking address, shithead? Where do you deliver those fucking papers? Oh, we'll we'll get we'll hire a paper person to deliver those fucking papers, where? The Council on Foreign Relations? The Trilateral Commission? You're gonna hand those papers directly to Director CIA? What the fuck's wrong with you, shithead? You said it yourself. It's a secret cabal. They don't have addresses, motherfucker. Yeah. So to deal with all kinds of weird stuff, I've been overdosing, binging on Little House in the Prairie. And I'm in season five now. I just finished this episode where this little trash kid who wants to join the circus, his parents are getting divorced, and the little trash kid, well, you know, they just moved all the blind trash children, garbage children, to Walnut Grove because they got kicked out of Winoka. That's where Charles picked up the little trash kid named Albert. And so, anywho, this little trash kid has parents getting a divorce, so he figures out, you know what, what if I fake being blind? like the blind kids of the blind school. But Laura and Charles don't like this. At one point, Laura says to Charles, her father, her pa, does God really punish people like the Bible says? Does God really punish people like the Bible says? Does God really punish the people? And Charles says, no, half-pint. That's our job. I received a mission. It's like that movie, the one with Paxton. It was called what? Fragile? Something like that? Frailty? Remember that Paxton movie called Frailty? I think it was. Maca- you know. Who was it? Was it Matthew McConaughey that was also in it? He played a grown-up kid, and Paxton was his parent on a special mission. Anyways, Charles says, no half-pint, that's our job. Now go get the axe, go get the shovel, go get the saw, go get the wheelbarrow. This is dark prairie. This is not Little House on the Prairie, this is a dark prairie. And this begins the process by which Laura and Charles go on a mission. They go on a mission to take out the little kid pretending to be blind. They take out, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Olsen. They take out Nellie, they they toss her into the Great Ravine. And they take out everybody because they're convinced that they're the punishers. It's their job, they have the iron fist. Yeah, I know, that's not the Little House on the Prairie you remember. There's another episode about an old drunk named Toby from Winoka, remember? He was garbage people too. And he shows up at the house on the homestead, and Caroline says, "Hey, Toby, how you doing?" And Toby says, "Oh, I can't complain. Can't complain. Burp, burp. Drunken yitty, yitty. All kinds of gross alcoholic shit comes out of his mouth with the halitosis." And then Caroline says, "We just slaughtered a beast. Would you like to stay for t- for stew?" And Toby's like, well, I suppose I could do with a bite of something. You see what Toby doesn't know? In recent months, the motherfucking railroad has taken on the grange. And Charles, you know, he's a motherfucking farmer. Without the grange, without the silos, it's like... How am I going to feed my family? How am I going to feed little Grace? How am I going to feed Garbage Child, you know, Carrie? And Laura says... We can hunt long pig. So Toby stays on. Toby stays on for a few months. And they're out of food again. All the people of Walnut Grove have moved to Mankato. All the people of Sleepy Eye have moved to Springfield. Everyone is gone. But old drunk Toby's addicted to the man flesh now. the long pig. And Toby knows there must be more flesh left in Walnut Grove, the hero township, fuck you. And Charles says there's this old widow, but she's gross. She lives on the edge of town. She eats nasty shit. Her flesh probably tastes like really gross raccoon flesh that's been sitting in the sun oh there's the dogs barking hello dogs but Toby wants to know where she lives and that's dark prairie over the coming days and weeks or hours who knows we may have more dark prairie episodes oh listen to those fucking dogs rough 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 Rough, rough, dog. How's life? It's rough. How do you like your sex boomer? Rough. Really fucking rough. What kind of life you've been living, Shaggy? Rough. He's been loving rough, man. Yeah, Dark Prairie. Who knows what I do with that? This is a weird podcast. Have you noticed? Have you noticed how motherfucking weird this motherfucking podcast is? Crazy times are ahead. All the witch runners have loaded up their trucks. They're heading out of town. They got chains and saws. They got dynamite. They got rabid dogs. They're heading out of town to link up with drinking, to link up with Scrib. To link up with the Gronkus lords. Haliv, Haliv, his name was spelled H hyphen the word leave, Haliv. Haliv was a monk skunk. He was the last of the Chortle. He was born in a time of the Stringus. His, his parents were the people of the swamp and the mud and the grossness. He was slag-type when the chud ruled Seattle and the gaslight park whores stole Cheetos and sold them to the Dringus horde. His mind was sharp with metallic self, and the reed punishments were simply coarse lessons and scarred memories. Clib, his water wife... Lib, his woman-woman, gathered, you know, pisket lilies near the shore as cattle troops fed on grass, and the crab sharks patrolled the harbor. As Chief Monk Skunk, he oversaw the husbandry and sleeve-burning. He ran an herb shop off of Greenkin Avenue, where Morlock had their tea party discussions about golfing and that new IPA someone was drinking because their wife fucked this artisanal cheese guy. In the time of Hector the Loud, Haleev would be found fishing near the Great Sea, not far from Scompton. His own guilt drove him deep into the ocean, far from shore. So many wave riders lost out there, and he feared his own fate, rushing towards him like an orca whale out for a snack. Scandal-ridden, the coastal folk were no longer picking up stragglers and freaks from the wasteland or the surf. All those lost to the sea are the lost, they are simply lost. This was the chant of those beachcombers looking for talking seashells. Sure, Haliv did not need some random do-gooder to help him. He was a big man and would stand tall, and it didn't matter that he was lost miles from home, adrift on the great sea, heading towards his shitty fate. After 345 days at sea... A leave made landfall not far from the old, you know, Hubert monastery where the tree monks held their fucking vigils and watched over the dust king of Sid. Why do you come here? asked Monk Grawl. Why do you come here? Why did you arrive? Why did we pull your wretched body from the muddy shore? And Haliv looked at the monk. He stared straight into his, you know, saucer eyes. He said, I seek the swill. I seek the drape sauce. I want to drink and get drunk off of old fashioned vodka tonics, the ones my hooker wife would make on a, on a hot Saturday night. I'm looking for my salvation in the dark layer beneath the light. That's why I'm here, fucker. Monk Grawl let this mendicant go. And Halib dug ditches in penance. He spent several days outside the monastery digging ditches. Nobody really needed any fucking ditches. But Halib dug them anyways because he's a shithead. Halib followed the pilgrim trail that led up the stone mountains to Erie Pass. Not far from where those special forces guys killed those Salvadoran nuns 40 fucking years ago. Haliv was ready to face the volcano demon and to integrate his soul spice into the riven membrane of oneness. He was courageous, a courageous raccoon hunter. He had the loon flesh cured for the journey. A honey pepper and one lost meadow dove all mashed up into a weird, red paste, you know. Yes, one weird red paste that is then succulated onto the scrovis. Skindoream people would normally use mayonnaise or some kind of horseradish dip. But few could fend long, pretend the Hester gods aren't looking, judging. Few could expect the Hester gods to judge worse, am I right? Because they were looking for all the flavors, fuck you. After 12 days of travel, Haliv found his destiny, his destiny partner. Yes, after 12 days of travel, Halif found his destiny partner. She was covered in muskrat scent. Her eyes and her eyes were yellow and green. Her eyes were yellow and green. Her eyes were yellow and green. She smelled like a nasty muskrat that got hit by a truck on the road. Yes, she, his destiny partner. She who smelled of muskrat and had the yellow and green eyes. She was the ancient cave wench foretold by all the demon lords. She was the scalp minx whose clammy skin would entrance and pull them in, pull them in to her dark embrace of Love juices, and pull you into a lusty cave-style sideways sally love-making session. And when the spring came, she was with child. And when the winter came, she abandoned her leave and left the baby with him. And this is the path of destiny. This is the path of leave. It's not a hero's journey. It's a journey for shitheads leading to a nowhere place where you're left with a baby that some pale hooker left you with because she's moving to Scompton. Excuse me. If you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it, there is a link to PayPal in the notes. You can click on the link and it will, uh, you know, take you to PayPal and you can donate money if you'd like. If you've taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, the people you love, if you've, you know, stockpiled a little bit of food, if you're a Mormon, you can ignore that. And, um... If you've stockpiled some food, Mormon or not, make sure you're thinking about your pets because it's kind of a shitty thing to do. You know, I don't think it's the end of the world, but do I think some pretty tough times are ahead? Yeah, sorry. That's why people don't, you know. (laughs) That's why the dogs don't even like my podcast. But if you've done all these things you've taken care of the people you love and care about and you still have a few bucks left over and you'd like to donate, you should, you can, I'd love it, I've gotta pay the rent, I'm, I'm late on rent, you know, it's one of those situations where they take you to the farm and the farm is what, it's a it's a euphemism, you take Dan to the farm, where, where'd Dan go? He went to the farm, when's he coming home again? Well no, he's gonna spend the rest of his life at the farm or rather at the cabin in the mountains. Now, of course, it's a shallow grave. But if you want to donate, you can. Like I said, a link to PayPal at the blog, planetarystatsreport.com, a link to PayPal in the notes, if you want to click on the link and donate, that would be great. I could use the money, but truthfully, most people could. Um, beyond that, uh, I can only report that my left arm is getting better, my attitude is improving. Um, you know, in general, I guess we're all just kind of surfing reality at this point. And how we make th- make it through it, I don't know. It's like, it's like, how do you get through? How do you get through it? And I guess the answer is, there isn't one answer. As a Christian, I know that Jesus knew of all of this for everybody, all the troubles, all the trials. He took the sins of the world to the cross, but he also took the stories that connected these sins. It wasn't just the sins. In fact, every sin has a story, and every story is a story our Lord in heaven is aware of. And so, if you know this, it can bring peace. If you really know it in your heart that Jesus walked this trail before you, you ever even got to it. And the best part is, He's still walking beside you. He's been there, He's seen it, He's seen it all. He knows what's going to happen, and and He's still going to go on you. With, you know, go with you on your journey, wherever that leads. But for a lot of people who don't have faith in God, these can be very scary times. Maybe I don't know. The answer is, there might not be one simple answer to how you surf this. It would be great to think that people could come to a realization of the truth five, six years ago. That's what I was pleading for, was truth. Not Republicans, not Democrats, not even motherfucking libertarians. What I was pleading for is that Americans had the fucking courage to have an honest goddamn conversation. I was probably a fool and i and and the difference between me in twenty sixteen and me today is that I'm no longer that fool you know I was you know five, six, seven years ago there's gonna be no honest conversation there's gonna be no sitting down at the table and hashing shit out. If people need to believe the COVID monkey herpes, drag queen story show train wreck, they're gonna believe that shit until the last fucking minute, until some motherfucker busts down their door to steal the one goddamn can of beans they have left. And I'm sorry, but I can't really shed a tear any longer for stuff like that because people had choices and and we all made bad ones, some worse than others. But it's not the end of the world, okay? Even in my worst case scenario, it's not the end of the world. It just means that life is about to get exciting in ways that most humans cannot remotely fucking understand after a hundred years of modernity. Life is about to get really fucking exciting. Have a great Wednesday.